Good afternoon. It's six minutes past noon, and welcome to the news portion of Midday Magazine. I'm Julie Hersey with these stories. The policy differences on abortion rights between Alaska's three candidates for U.S. Senate were clear during a debate last Thursday. Incumbent Republican Murkowski, Republican Kelly Chewbacca, and Democrat Pat Chesbro appeared together for debate for the state. Chewbacca says she supports a national ban that takes effect, quote, sometime in the second trimester. Murkowski says she supports turning the abortion rights from the Roe v. Wade case, which the Supreme Court recently overturned, into law, but with some limits, such as letting medical providers with personal objections opt out. Chesbro says she's pro-choice. I think it needs to be up to the discretion of the individual, not anyone else. I think it has to be a very difficult decision, and I think we need to let people make those decisions on their own. Murkowski and Chesbro's interactions were collegial. Chewbacca and Murkowski were much cooler. Throughout the debate, Chewbacca only referred to Murkowski as the incumbent. Chewbacca painted Murkowski as ineffective, supportive of Biden administration initiatives she called extreme, and buoyed by outside interests and money. When I talk to Alaskans, we just don't want a senator who's bought and bullied by the D.C. establishment. We want someone who represents our Alaska independent voices. Murkowski said her record shows her commitment to Alaska and that third-party political groups are beyond any candidate's control. And she fired back at Chewbacca. Frankly, she's been gone from the state for 28 years, and she's out of touch with Alaskans and what Alaskans expect and want. Alaskans want results. They don't want partisan political rhetoric. Alaska Public Media, KTOO, and Alaska's News Source produced the debate. What a difference a day makes. That's what Alaska Division of Elections Director Gail Fanumiai wrote in an email Thursday morning announcing that all of the polling precincts in the state will be staffed for Election Day, which is next Tuesday. 24 hours earlier, she had asked media outlets to help get the word out that as many as 10 rural communities may not have had workers for Election Day. Fanumiai was looking for help finding people to hire and train within the week. Fanumiai says the regional elections office in Nome, the lieutenant governor's office, and the group Get Out the Native Vote worked together to find more workers. Names were given and phone calls were made and people, they, they decided they wanted to step up to make sure the voters in their community would have the opportunity to vote. The timeline for training is tight, but Funumiai says it will work out. Funumiai says if you try to vote on Election Day and for some reason your polling place is unstaffed, reach out to the division as soon as possible. And you can find your polling place online at elections.alaska.gov. Tens of thousands of unionized port and rail workers on the West Coast are in months-long negotiations with shipping and rail companies. Potential strikes at the Port of Seattle or along the nation's railways could cripple economic activity throughout the country. And, as Sage Smiley reports, a strike could also potentially cause Wrangell's trash bins to overflow. Southeast Alaska is a patchwork of rocky forested islands, so there are only so many places to take out the trash. Most communities in the Panhandle operate some combination of landfill service and barging baled trash down south. But Public Works Director Tom Waiter explains Wrangell doesn't have that flexibility. Where Wrangell is in a, is in a worse spot than some of our other communities is 
you know, most of our other communities still operate some sort of a landfill. And so they're going to be able to subsidize, you know, their trash storage and shipping by, you know, putting a few more things in their landfill. We don't have that option. Wrangell's landfill was closed in 2012, and the community hasn't opened another. That leaves the island with very little wiggle room when it comes to waste. Most of the time, that isn't an issue. Barge service to Wrangell is regular and prompt, and the sanitation department keeps the trash baler moving. From Wrangell, shipping containers of trash travel by barge to the port of Seattle, where they're unloaded and shipped by rail to a landfill in central Washington. In recent months, though, two major union negotiations have stalled or fallen apart. One is between railroads and a dozen rail workers' unions throughout the country. Waiter says if the rail companies and unions aren't able to come to an agreement, it could be not great for Wrangell. What management will look like if they no longer are able to ship by rail to the Roosevelt landfill, that gets a little complicated and uh, and is not, I would say, not not a long-term sustainable plan. Waiter says he's been in contact with the company that ships Wrangell's garbage down south. If it comes to a strike... Basically what has been communicated to us is that they will ship every single empty available container that they can north and that communities are going to have to do their best at trying to stockpile the garbage as much as possible. That should give us a few days. If negotiations or a strike lasted more than a few days, Roosevelt has already been in contact with a number of other landfills in the Pacific Northwest, uh, and they would consider shipping the garbage by truck to these other landfills. The other stalled union negotiation is between shipping companies and West Coast dock workers, encompassing 29 ports up and down the coast and more than 22,000 dock workers. Either potential strike could have a serious impact on Wrangell's garbage. The speed Wrangell accumulates trash depends on the season, Waiter says. In the summer, the 2,100-person community can fill a container every two to three days. In the wintertime, it's more like a week. Taking the average with the storage capabilities the sanitation department currently has... We're talking probably like 10 days. And that's, that's kind of best-case scenario. Waiter says Republic, the trash company, has indicated it would take on any increased shipping costs as a result of a union negotiation holdup. He says Wrangell's Public Works Department will be monitoring the collective bargaining process of the port and rail unions. We're going to keep a close eye on it here in the next couple of weeks. And if this appears to be imminent, we're going to try to order you know, every container that we can to try to get us as far as we can. Uh, and it hopes that Republic figures out at least some sort of over-the-road shipping option to get us through. Republic didn't respond to a request for comment Tuesday. For Wrangell, if it does come to a strike, there won't be a moment to waste. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. Petersburg High School wrestling team attended a tournament hosted by Mount Edgecombe High School in Sitka this past weekend. There were nine schools participating. Avery Herman Sakamoto talked with head coach James Valentine about the tournament. We went to Sitka and it was awesome. Um, yeah, we so we actually arrived uh, Thursday night and there was an immediate duel, which I was unaware of. So I just luckily had a couple kids who were, didn't have to worry about weight, so I just threw them in there. I was like, yeah, more matches for you, let's go. And uh, so immediately. Like, we went to Mount Edgecombe, had this, like, quick little duel, and then uh, we had an actual full tournament 
Friday and Saturday at Sika High, which was awesome. It was a kind of a different bracket, though. It wasn't a two-and-out type bracket. It's a you keep wrestling until you are placed, if that makes sense. So you will f- you will wrestle first, second. You will wrestle second, third, or uh, third, fourth, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and you'll just kind of wrestle until you are you've placed yourself. So that's and so there's no two and out. It might be a three or four out, you know, something like that. So the weekend was, in my opinion, like phenomenal. It was we it. What was cool was one. This was first tournament that I've seen almost every school attend. Like like there was schools that haven't had a program in a, in a couple years that I actually got to see there. Everybody besides Haynes was there. So, I mean, we saw Heidelberg, we saw Craig Cloak, we saw Skagway, we saw all, like, Huna. We saw all these small schools show up to Sitka, which is fantastic. Now, I will say this tournament, not everybody came full power, right? So Juno only brought 12, Ketchikan only brought 20, of course, <laughs> right? That's, la- that's half for them. You know, we only brought seven. So it wasn't, like, a full-powered tournament. However, it was just awesome to see the whole southeast there and we wrestled awesome i was so proud of our guys because where they ended up they worked really hard for where they placed out of the seven that we brought five of them were in the championships so two people got first dd toyamura and angus olsen and then three kids got second the people that got second were aiden kata kaden duke and Eric Edwards. And then we had a fifth place, Lakel, and then we had Gums, who plays ninth. Now, Aiden Gums plays ninth. It was just so cool because I think that these kids really needed to have that confidence that they earned their spot, that they wrestled a really tough match and actually came out on top, not wrestled a really good match and didn't quite make it, right? So it was really good to have that really tough match and then come up on top knowing that they have that little extra reserve. They have that little extra eh to, like, get them over the top to get those wins. You know, some of my guys took second, but they earned those spots, which was just, again, a great weekend for these guys. I was really happy about it. That was Petersburg High School wrestling coach James Valentine speaking to Avery Herman Sakamoto. Colorful costumes flocked the third annual Halloween Hustle, hosted by Petersburg Parks and Rec on Halloween Day. Ten booths lined the covered area between the elementary school and the community center, offering a variety of Halloween games. Kids could win prizes of candy or toys. Staff and student volunteers dressed up and were just as excited as the participants. Avery Herman Sakamoto was there, and she created this audio postcard. My name is Julie Anderson. I work here at Parks and Rec. This is the Halloween Hustle. We have been doing this for about three years now, just carnival games for kids to come right before they go out to go Halloween trick-or-treating. And then what were you just doing with the box around your waist? (laughs) The game is called Shake Your Booty. You're supposed to shake your bottom or shake your whole body to get the ping pong balls out of the box. Do you get a prize? You do get a prize. We've got jump ropes here for prizes on this one. (laughs) My name is Ella, and I am... An alien from Zombies 3. And then are you going trick-or-treating tonight? Oh, yeah. My name's Taylor, and my last name's Curtis. And that's my daughter, Ella, and her last name's Crump. Uh, we're excited. I'm kind of dreading the, a lot of candy, but <laughs> the kids are excited. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's beautiful weather, so we're excited about that. Yeah. Um, I'm Mael Boyder, and I'm a football player for Halloween. So I'm helping out with the shoot a ghost. So you get like two or three shots to shoot a ghost, and then um, if you shoot a ghost, you get a prize. Um, I'm Eli Anderson, and I'm dressed as Mr. Clean. Um, I, I I don't know. I just <laughs> it just kind of came up with it like four nights ago, and was like, you know, let's just go, let's just go for it. Why not? I'm Dakota Holder, and I'm dressed as a sloth. I'm Landon Odegaard, and I'm dressed up as a giant bottle of Mountain Dew. Um, I'm Lincoln Odegaard. I dressed up as a hunter. I was originally gonna have a deer antler in my chest with styrofoam. But I left my deer antler in my locker at school. I'm Erin Candle, and this is Harlow Candle, and we are Billy Butcherson and Binks, along with our ladies from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I'm Angela Bertignoli, and I am who? Mary Sanderson. Sanderson sisters. My name's Blair, and um, I am Winifred for Halloween. Who are you? Sarah Sanderson. And your name's Isla. <laughs> That's Isla. Good job. Are you excited to be here? Yeah. Me too. I'm excited. Us, can you show us where the candy is, please? <laughs> and that was an audio postcard of community members speaking with Avery Herman Sakamoto at Parks and Rec's Halloween Hustle.